Welcome to Coog's Talk Stock from WSU Extension, a science-based podcast about animal agriculture for those that raise food animals, those that are interested in learning how, and those that want to learn more about where their food comes from. Find us online at soundcloud.com forward slash Coog's Talk Stock. Hi, this is Hannah Browse with Washington State University. I'm faculty and the extension director of Klickitat in Skamenia Counties. Today, Chris Schock-Snyder, who is field faculty for Umatilla and Morrow Counties, is joining me. And we're going to talk today about using livestock for fire mitigation. Chris, thanks for joining me. And can you kick us off by just talking to us a little bit about what, what is fire mitigation? Hey, thank, thanks, Hannah, for having having me on here. Um, so essentially, um, livestock use for fire mitigation is the using of livestock to create a situation where fire either stops, slows down, or doesn't even start um, in a scenario. So like on, on a piece of sagebrush or in the forest. Um, and so that the firefighters can actually get in there and be more effective at doing their job at stopping those fires. Yeah, I'm excited to get into this today. We have seen these these mega fires, big wildfires across the Pacific Northwest, and and the idea of using livestock to help combat this is is really intriguing to a lot of folks. How does this relate to the work that you do? So when I was at University of Idaho um, completing my master's, um, I did a project there that um, that we utilized livestock to basically identify the effectiveness and how good they can be at creating and and maintaining fire breaks. And so a fire break is a piece of ground that has a low amount of fuel on it so that the fire slows down or stops um, in that area. And so these fire breaks would be put like right along roadsides and different areas that could be easy access to firefighters in the event of a wildfire event. And then that way they can get on those spots and stop or severely curtail a fire from continuing to move forward. Awesome. Well, now that we have an idea of what is a fire break, can you tell us a little bit about that study, maybe um, where where you did it and what some of the results were of, of the study that you were working on? Yeah. And so the study that I did was down in um, southwestern Idaho, um, down in the Awahis. Um, I don't know if any of you would know that country, but it's very, very beautiful Um what's called sagebrush step country. So kind of that sagebrush, you see a lot of sagebrush with, um, with bunch grasses. So very picturesque of your Western movies is what it kind of looks like. And we are down in the Reynolds Creek watershed. Um, and there's an agricultural research station down there. That's done a lot of, a lot of research within that area. Um, and I had two um, fantastic ranchers who allowed us to use some of their property and their cattle to do this project. And what we did is we we created some small 100 foot by 100 foot research plots. And then we grazed them at different times and different intensities. So basically intensity would be how much um, how much material we grazed off. And so one area we grazed about 30% of the available forage and then the other one we grazed 50 to 60 percent of the available forage and then at the end of the summer we actually set them on fire and got to watch them burn Um, and then we evaluated how fast a fire moved through it but then also um, how high the flame lengths were 
um, within that fire. And if any of you are aware, when, when it comes to firefighting, there are certain safety protocols about what's called flame height. And so if flames are too tall, then we have to either step away from that fire to maintain safety because it can be very dangerous, or we have to change the way that we approach it. So if we can lower flame heights, then we can increase our ability and the tools that we have available to actually fight those fires. Okay. So it sounds like you were grazing cattle on on these different plots and then you used a prescribed burn, uh, which is, you know, set with intention, but of course managed uh, carefully. Mm-hmm. And and after doing this, what, what did you find? What were the results? So what we found is that um, in areas where the shrub cover, so in our case, it was sagebrush, was relatively low. And so that would be below 20% of the aerial cover on it. So if you were to take a picture above any one of our plots, sagebrush had to be less than 20% of what you could see in that picture. Um, in those time frames, what we found was that li- or cattle specifically were really good at removing those what we call fine fuels or our grasses and could actually be a very good mitigator of fire. And we even had one of our plots that was grazed at 60% um, intensity that was actually um, where the fire completely stopped within the plot and didn't actually move all the way through. And so we noticed, um, I believe, if I remember right, it was a 23% reduction in flame heights. And then we also saw a pretty significant reduction in rate of spread, so how fast that fire moved through those plots. And I have some pretty cool videos of them that we might be able to post for supplemental um, information if people are interested. Awesome. We will definitely include those videos on the website along with the links to the podcast. Thanks for uh, sharing some additional resources there with us as well. So, you know, as, when I'm thinking about this, I'm thinking about we are hearing about, you know, managing forests and how important that can be to reducing uh, the fuel or the items that are available to to help spread the fire. But it sounds like, you know, in addition to managing forests, we can manage our fuel load even on rangeland. It sounds like cattle are really good at getting a certain type of fuel off the landscape so it can't help spread fires. What can be done when shrubs are thicker? That is a very good question. Um, And just like I said, that when the shrub cover um, was too high, those cattle were ineffective. And essentially what happens there, just for context, is that once that fire starts, it actually travels through the sagebrush more than it travels under underneath it in the grass. And so the cattle could remove all the grass underneath it and it'll still burn because it's traveling through that sagebrush. Um, and that's what we call continuity of fuels is that that sagebrush is thick enough that it can continue through that process. Um, other um, species of grazers can be very effective at doing that. Um, sheep can be fairly effective at mitigating sagebrush. But they like more of kind of your um, softer shrubs. So like a rabbit brush would be one that they would like a little bit better, which is another another brush that we find in that sagebrush country. Um, but goats can also do fairly well um, at removing some of that. And especially like um, California is a good example where in that chaparral, which is kind of a very thick, brushy type country, it's really hard to describe, that you find in a lot of, um, in a lot of Southern California – they're actually using goats pretty effectively down there because goats are predominantly a browser, as we would call it, versus a grazer. And so cattle are grazers where they want to eat mostly and predominantly grass. But goats actually prefer shrubs um, and then what we would call weeds, which could also be forbs. 
um, and they like that higher protein content and kind of that that higher nutrient quality. And so they target that shrub and that brush a lot more than any other animal does. Great. And so it sounds like they could maybe even be used in conjunction, you know, and and it, and and maybe one one species isn't best for all all scenarios. But it sounds like you know grazers in general can be really effective. So how has this work benefited fire prone areas? Um, that is a very good point. That. A lot of times our animals aren't necessarily um, continuous, um, so we like to just kind of keep things simple. And so cattle ranchers like to just run cattle and goat herders like to run goats and sheep herders like to run sheep. But really each one of those has different selections within that area. And so they like to they like to pick and choose different things and they can be very effective in conjunction with each other. Um, but more importantly, kind of going back to the fire piece, um, this is very has been beneficial um, specifically um, from what I have seen in Southwest um, Idaho because that's where I'm a little bit more more aware of things. But the Boise um, Bureau of Land Management or BLM is now utilizing grazing along what's called the Oahi Front, and so kind of down in that country that I did my research on, that front area is basically that wild urban interface where the towns kind of meet up with the with the Oahe range and more of that, more of that sagebrush country. And um, essentially this project that I did took and put the horse back in front of the cart so that we can continue moving forward because the land managers down there at the BLM or, or the Bureau of Land Management, they knew all of this stuff and what cattle could do, but we didn't have scientific information that could specifically prove their thoughts and their ideas. And so my study just kind of gave and bolstered what they already knew and got them some scientific literature that they could use to justify these things. And so currently they have they have this grazing project along that Oahe front where I believe it's a little over a hundred miles of intricate road areas that they strategically planned to graze strips with cattle to prevent fire from coming from the urban areas into the sagebrush or wildfire coming from the sagebrush into those urban areas and kind of have that buffer area. Okay. Well, it sounds like your work helped provide data that supports uh, some theories or so, some hypotheses that, that have been out there and that people have known. But uh, it's, it's, it's fascinating to learn more about how livestock can play a critical role in helping us to prevent some of these, these larger uh, wildfires that we are experiencing in the Pacific Northwest. Are there any other critical aspects or anything else that, that folks should know as they're thinking about you know, how livestock can, can successfully help mitigate fires? One of the big pieces um, to that question is that fire doesn't care about property lines. And so when we look at utilizing um, fire mitigation tactics, they have to be strategically placed on the landscape scale, not necessarily based on property lines. So if there is a ridge that runs across three different owners and you only put in a grazing fire break in one spot on that ridge on one property, that's not going to be as effective as if you could work together with the with the ranchers, with the Bureau of Land Management, and with all other property owners. Um, there's some state land that owns there too, to create a comprehensive um, plan and potentially fire breaks across that thing that makes sense on a landscape scale rather than an individual property. 
Okay. All right. Well, that's that's a really important uh, component to keep in mind. We've been seeing how, yeah, fire does not discriminate, man. It has been wreaking havoc across the Pacific Northwest. And and thank you for sharing a little bit about your research and helping people to understand, you know, some of the headlines that we're hearing. You know, it it, it when you see, you know, goats can help with fire. You know, it, it's not always intuitive to exactly how are they doing that. So thank you for talking to us a little bit more about how we can utilize livestock grazing effectively to help mitigate uh, our our fires in the Pacific Northwest. Appreciate your time today, Chris. Thank you for being with us. And we'll be sure to post some additional resources on this topic to our website. Um, thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the Cougs Talk Stock podcast brought to you by Washington State University Extension. You can review, rate, and subscribe on iTunes or anywhere you listen. Find us online at soundcloud.com forward slash Cougs Talk Stock where the additional resources from our podcasts are linked. Let us know if you have any burning questions or suggestions at Stock at wsu.edu. This podcast is brought to you by Hannah Browse, Sarah Drager, Dr. Don Llewellyn, and Natasha Moffat-Hemmer, and is produced by Connors Communications at Washington State University. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed by guests of this podcast are their own and does not imply Washington State University's endorsement.